Hello, everyone. Uh, uh, Brother Christopher Walker here. And I want to say thanks for joining us again uh, for our Sunday school lesson. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about fear. Again, fear is something that uh, as Christians, we all uh, have to face. And God, he desires to empower us to overcome our fears uh, so that we can fulfill his plan uh, for our lives. And so we're going to be uh, going to Genesis 26, 24. Uh, let's get straight into it. Genesis 26, 24. It says, and the Lord appeared unto him that same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again that truly you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Father, you have considered us your people, Lord God, and have sent salvation uh, through Jesus Christ. And so, God, we come to you today, Father. I'm asking you, Father, to give us understanding, uh, to open our hearts, that we may receive your word, God, that we may receive it on good ground. I thank you for every listener today, Lord. Uh, that is joining, Father, so that they can uh, be cultivated, Lord. Fear is a, a subject that we all must deal with. And so I would pray, uh, Lord God, that you will allow your spirit to um, overshadow each and every person, Father, that they may overcome the obstacles uh, that fear may present. God, make us ready for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, our topic today will be uh, in regards to fear, um, I did a quick search uh, because our main scripture, uh, the Bible, it, it says to fear not, fear not. Um, when we hear that command to fear not, or when we see it in the Bible, God doesn't just say it just to be speaking. Uh, he, he's not telling the people not to be fearful uh, because life is easy. But in fact, the very opposite is true. Whenever we see that command in the scriptures, fear not, it means that there will be a reason for them to be fearful. It means that there will be occasions uh, that arise against them or occasions that they will face that under normal circumstances, if you are just a normal individual, God has created us, it will cause fear to arise in your spirit. And so God, we find throughout the Bible that he tells us a fear not. Yes, a normal person who does not have God on their side, uh, if they were putting the putting your same shoes, they will fear in this situation. But God says, I am the God, the creators of of heaven and earth. I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I'm telling you not to fear not or not to fear. Do you trust me? And so I did a quick Google search. Um, I guess you can call it being lazy. <laughs> But I just did a quick Google search to see how many times the phrase fear not was mentioned in the Bible. Uh, and to my astonishment, they say it's mentioned 365 times. 
It's the most used phrase in the entire Bible. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. 365 times. Uh, Google also went on to say uh, that uh, we have 365 days in the year, which I already knew. Uh, but it was putting together that for every day of the year, uh, there's a phrase in the Bible um, where we can say, fear not. God has challenged us uh, not to fear something. And that is uh, overwhelming, uh, overwhelming amount of times uh, to hear that phrase. And so, again, we we want to deal with that. We want to deal with the fear that is in our lives, because if we are honest with each other, uh, fear can be paralyzing. Um, fear can stop you dead in your tracks. Uh, whether you be moving towards a goal, uh, fear, it will stop you from living your best life. Uh, it will stop you from walking in the will of God. It will stop you from being the best parents, the best friends, uh, the best co-workers, colleagues, um, brothers and sisters in the church. Listen, fear will stop you uh, from receiving the blessings that God already has prepared for you. But fear is stopping you from opening your hands and being obedient and allowing that blessing uh, to drop right into your lap. And so there's an individual in the Bible by the name of Isaac. Isaac throughout his whole life had to deal with the subject of fear. Uh, Genesis 31 and 42 um, God is described as the fear of Isaac. Genesis 31 and 42, again, uh, it says, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God hath seen my affliction and my labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesterday. Under normal circumstances, uh, when we read the scripture, uh, it always says the God uh, of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But this says the God of my father, uh, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac, not the God of Isaac, but the fear of Isaac. Uh, this scripture describing God not only as the God of Abraham, but also as the fear of Isaac, it simply meant that Isaac had a strong fear of God. Uh, also uh, referred to as, as uh, a strong reference. But still, the element of fear was there. Again, Isaac, uh, he had many reasons to be fearful in his life. Um, uh, for one, Isaac, he went through the suffering. He went through suffering and loss, uh, which in some instances can make us a friend, uh, afraid. Uh, but uh, Isaac, he lost his mother when he was 37 years old. And uh, Sarah, his mother, died. When he was still, according to that time, was a young man and not yet married. Uh, but in response, uh, Isaac, he went to a well. And I may not be pronouncing the name of this well right, uh, but the name of it was Lahario. Uh, it's mentioned in uh, Genesis 24 and 62. Uh, and the name means thou God seest me. Uh, it was at this well that Hagar had encountered God when fleeing from Isaac's mother, Sarah. There at a place where the mother of his half-brother once got comfort, Isaac, he sought comfort in God 
who sees the brokenhearted. Now, when we are at our lowest point, when we're afraid, we're sick, we're depressed and at odds of those that we love, um, God, he sees us there. We find that three years later, God had orchestrated Isaac's marriage to Rebecca and he was comforted over the loss of his mother. God had saw him and he had brought him through. Again, Isaac, he faced another fear uh, after he had got married. And obviously it was it was clear that his wife, Rebecca, uh, was unable to have children. I mean, for 20 years, they had no child. Again, as with Abraham and Sarah, the devil, he was trying to stop God's plan. Now, Isaac, he must have feared facing the same barrenness uh, that his parents had faced. How often do we fear uh, reliving the struggles of our parents? Isaac knew firsthand how barrenness could devastate a marriage and a family. I mean, further, not having someone as an heir was a great stigma in their culture because it could lead to the breakdown of their family structure after the father had died. And so without having a strong heir, uh, who would care for Isaac and Rebecca, even in their old age, when they would, would give over their things to their oldest son? I mean, all of these could have torn Isaac apart. But rather than to live in fear, look what Isaac does. And, and I say this because when we are in fear, I feel that a lot of times we don't go to God honestly. Uh, we, we go to God just so he can get us out of a situation uh, so that we can go back living uh, the way that we were living before. Uh, you, you guys have been in a situation before uh, where you were so scared, you were so terrified and uh, uh, that that. You said, God, if you just do this for me, I promise you I'll live for you or whatever the case may be. Uh, Isaac, who could have lived in fear, instead took his fears to the Lord. I mean, I believe this was with an honest heart, uh, not trying to um, trick God uh, into allowing him to have a child so that he can later do what he wanted to do. But he went to God with a pure heart. And the Bible says that he entreated the Lord for his wife. He interceded for births in his family. He interceded that his wife would have children. And so after this, we find that his wife, Rebecca, not only conceived, uh, but she also uh, found that she had twins. Now, you can imagine it probably wasn't a comfortable pregnancy, uh, but the two children, the Bible says they struggled within Rebecca's womb. Now, this was before the days of ultrasound. So Isaac and Rebecca, they had no way of knowing that they were expecting twins. But Rebecca, she inquired of the Lord and she asked why. And God answered and said, there are two nations in thy womb. See, twins, again, they were growing in her womb. And just as they were struggling within her, so they would struggle with each other throughout their whole lives. Ultimately, God said the elder would serve the younger. Uh, even before they were born, God, he knew their paths and he knew which way they would go. Um, I have to say there is comfort in knowing that we can ask God for answers. And he knows the end from the beginning 
and he will give us answers and he will give us wisdom. Um, but when we fast forward the story just a little more, Isaac, uh, he was 60 years old. Uh, Esau and Jacob, they were born. And you can imagine the joy that there must have been in their household uh, after all these years of waiting. Isaac and Rebekah had given their fears and their questions to God, and he had come through for them uh, as he will for us. But before long, Isaac, uh, he faced the death of his father, Abraham. Immediately after Abraham's death, what did Isaac do? Just as he did after the passing of his mother. Isaac, he went back to that same well and he dwelt there. He prayed. The awareness of God's presence there must have comforted him greatly. The same verse says that God blessed Isaac after Abraham's death. We often think of blessings in terms of monetary or physical blessings, but surely Isaac's greatest need at the time was comfort over the loss of his father and assurance of God's continued presence. Isaac, he lived with constant awareness. Again, that well which meant thou, God, seest me. That would instill godly fear. It would also be a comfort to a man who was mourning. Abraham, that, that great hero of faith, surely was a blessing and guiding force in Isaac's life. Now Isaac would have to step out on his own but God was with him the whole time. Isaac, he had to learn to face his fears alone uh, after his father's death. And soon after Isaac, he faced a famine in the land of Canaan. Uh, and I understand <clears throat> uh, the United States or our economy, in our economy, I should say, famine uh, is a, it's a, when it's in a localized area of the world, it rarely affects us, especially uh, in North America. And so if crops fail in one part of the world, I mean, we simply import food to another. I mean, we do that without crops failing. We import from Florida, from China, uh, from uh, California, from uh, all over the place. But uh, don't get me wrong, famine is still a very real threat in some countries, and it certainly uh, was in Isaac's day. Uh, his small family, they relied largely on livestock for survival. Uh, they also did some farming. And so famine had put uh, all that they had at risk. Uh, they were in danger of annihilation uh, if there were no grazing, uh, if there were no crops. Uh, Canaan, if we remember, was Isaac's promised land. Uh, but the safety and survival of his family uh, were definitely uh, in doubt there in the promised land. And so we find that Isaac, he went to the land of the Philistines, which was on the way to Egypt. Now, I find this ironic that Abraham, in his day, likewise, there was a famine. There was a famine in his land and Abraham, he went to Egypt. And so we, we, we got the same thing that the father dealt with the son is now specifically dealing with. And so the Lord had told and instructed Isaac, don't be like your father. He didn't say that. I'm just throwing that in there. But he said, don't do as your father Abraham. Hey, do not go to Egypt. Uh, God, he extended to Isaac 
like he did his father, the covenant that he had made with him. And God told Isaac that he had made this covenant with his father because that Abraham had obeyed his voice and kept his commandments, his statutes and his laws. Now, we see Isaac had got the message, but the next verse, it tells us that Isaac, he dwelt in Gerar. Now, despite the fears of Isaac, he had enough faith to obey God and not go to Egypt. He stayed in Gerar as God had instructed and trusted God to provide for him and to bless him there. Now, the reason that this would take faith is because, as Abraham did, the safe place to go at that time was Egypt. You never had to worry about their uh, their rivers going dry uh, because they had the ice from the mountains that would melt and would come down. It was like a safety net. And so God had spoke to Isaac and told him, hey, I want you to go to Gerar. Don't go to Egypt. And so, again, uh Again, he trusted God and God blessed him right there in Gerar. Now, Isaac's fears, just like his father's, uh, they led him to lie, uh, to tell a story of Phib while he was living in Gerar. Uh, Genesis 26 and 7, it tells us uh, that it says, and the men of that place, they asked Isaac of his wife and he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say she is my wife, uh, lest he said, uh, unless he said the men of that place should kill me for Rebecca, because she was fair to look upon. We see just like Abraham, fear had led Isaac to lie. I mean, if you remember, this is the same lie that Abraham had told when he was down in Egypt. Not only was it the same lie, uh, but as I'm reading, I find that it's the same king. I've been going back and forth between these verses and and uh, Abraham. Uh, he was dealing with King Abimelech in Egypt. And now we find that Isaac is dealing with a King Abimelech in Gerar. And so I, I don't know what the if this is the same king, but it. It sounds like the same king, but I want you to imagine for a second. Hey, what if every failed test, every time you failed the test, that your children were going to have to go through that same test, that same trial, that same temptation? Again, during a time of famine, a time of famine Abraham, he goes to a strange land. The king there, uh, of course, he, he, he thinks his wife is beautiful. And to save his life, he goes and he says, this is my sister. We find the same exact scenario. Isaac, he goes to a land that he's never been in before. This time it's Gerar, which is by Egypt. King Abimelech finds his wife to be beautiful. And so to save his life, he told his wife, hey, say that I'm a, I am your sister. Again, what if our children have to go through the same trials, the same tests that we go through because we failed to pass them when we had to deal with them? See, fear is not generally a sin unto itself, but it can lead us into sin such as it did here for Isaac, which it led in this case to dishonesty. Perhaps that is why 
the fearful. When we find in Revelation 21, 8, the fearful are listed as the first among those who are cast into the lake of fire. Is that strange to you? That, that it mentions all of these who are immoral and such that will be cast into the lake of fire. But the very first that it mentioned are those who are fearful. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a fearful situation? And the fear caused you to do something out of character. I mean, maybe you were fearful of losing your job. So to save your job, you lie. Uh, here's a, a more desperate situation. Maybe you were fearful of starving and going hungry. And so you decided to steal. I mean, under any other circumstance, you wouldn't do it. But we find here. Because of fear that you do these things. Listen, fear, they, it can hold us back from believing in God or doing what we know is right. And it can often lead us into doing what is wrong. Regardless, we must give our fears to God. For Second Timothy uh, 1, 7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, despite uh, Isaac's sin of lying, God, he still protected Isaac. Uh, the Philistines, they didn't harm him. Uh, maybe perhaps the king had learned from his experience with Abraham. In fact, when the truth came out, Abimelech, he gave his people strict orders not to touch Isaac or Rebekah uh, or they would be put to death. Clearly, Isaac's fears were useless. If he would have just told him from the beginning, there would have been instruction all over that land not to touch him. I wonder how often in life do we fear something in which God has already protected us from? I, I mean, uh, even even right now, something that's been on my mind is the building fund and, you know, we're getting ready to undergo uh, building this building. And I'm worried about the amount that is going to cost. And sometimes fear may strike me, uh, strike my spirit. And here, for 5, 10, 20 years from now, when we realize that God did something supernatural to pay for this building, we'll be looking back, I'll be looking back to these days like, Chris, man, do you remember when you were so fearful, wondering how you were going to, uh, how the church was going to get this building paid for? <laughs> I mean, Isaac, his, his fear was uh, so unfounded that after God had got done blessing him, uh, he was actually becoming bigger than the Philistines that were in the land, bigger than King Abimelech and his people. <laughs> I mean, Isaac had prospered so much that they began to envy him. And finally, Abimelech asked him to leave the land. <laughs> Again, ask them to leave the land. And so the Philistines, they drove Isaac's herdsmen. They drove them away. And they found a couple wells in the area. Dug, or should I say they dug a couple wells in the area. We find that the Philistines, uh, that they fought them. And Isaac, not that he was afraid. He just, he willingly gave them up. 
Uh, certainly he wasn't as bold as his father Abraham was, uh, who at that time, when he dealt with King Abimelech uh, uh, over the well at, Be at Beersheba, that the Philistines had violently taken away. Abraham had something to say about that. But Isaac, he seemed to be in full retreat, running, afraid to fight uh, for was, what was rightfully his. But we find that Isaac, he kept on digging. Uh, his fear did not trump his faith. Uh, and when I say fear, it was because the land that he had got sent to was a dry land. Uh, it was probably going to be hard uh, to find water and dig wells there. But yet he gave up the wells that he did find. He had faith and he dug another well that the Philistines did not seek to have. And it would have been easy for Isaac to get comfortable and stay there after all this hard work. But instead, we find that he went to Beersheba, which is known as the well of oath. And when God saw that Isaac was willing to leave his comfort zone for commitment, scripture tells us in Genesis 26, uh, verses 24 through 25, it says, And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pinched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants, they digged a well. See, Isaac, he was not content with comfort, but he wanted a covenant. Long years of pilgrimage had passed. Isaac, he had grown old. Now he was blind. He had been through a series of tests that had uh, tried his faith. And now him feeling that that death was approaching, Isaac had to face the reality that his household was broken. His wife, Rebecca, and his youngest son, Jacob, they had conspired together to deceive him. Isaac had unknowingly given his eldest son's blessing uh, to Jacob instead of Esau. Esau, he, he returned home a little too late and he was enraged with uh, Jacob, of course. And word around the camp was that as soon as Isaac had died, that Esau would kill Jacob. I'm sure that fear entered into his heart, considering that after he had died, and that his children would be fighting with each other, possibly killing one another. But determined to face the future with faith instead of fear, Isaac, he gave a blessing unto Esau. It said, and he said in the blessing, he said, behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt thou serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. Then Isaac, he called Jacob to him, and before sending him away to get a wife, Isaac, he blessed Jacob again. This wasn't a stolen breath blessing, but this was a blessing that was given freely. And we read in Genesis 28, verses 3 through 4, that he says, And God Almighty bless thee, Jacob, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessing of Abraham uh, to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. By faith, Isaac, he blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. 
That's what Hebrews 11.20 says. Ultimately, uh, Isaac, he did not end his life in fear of the future, uh, but he ended it in faith. He believed the promises of God for his family. He believed the prophetic word of God concerning his two sons, uh, that the elder would serve the younger. And he believed that the covenant God had given him would be passed on and fulfilled after his death. God is the God of the afraid and the God of those who learn to fear and to reverence him. Isaac, he faced many struggles and fears in his life, yet his fear of God did not lead to him being a coward and to him being dreadful, but instead it led to honor and obedience. His fear of God enabled him to overcome all the other fears that he faced. I want to end with this verse, Psalms 37 and 4. It says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that what? That fear him. Again, the angel of the Lord, it encampeth around about them that fear him. And the angel, it delivers them. Again, I hope that we understand that as we walk this walk of faith, it's going to require us to overcome fear. Again, I say we all will deal with fear. We all will face fear. But I challenge everyone of you. Be like Isaac in the midst of fear and go find that place of prayer. Find the faith that you can overcome, because in finding that faith, you're going to live the best life that you could possibly live. Again, I, I really want to close with this. Uh, there was a, a famous actor, a multimillionaire. Uh, he seems to be living the life that many of us would want to live. Uh, but he said that on the other side of fear are the greatest things in life. I mean, as as you deal with fear, I want you to remember that. He said that on the other side of fear are the greatest things in life. Again, because fear, it stops you from fulfilling the will of God. From walking in the promise that God has given to you. And so refuge, I say be courageous. Have faith. Overcome your fears. And watch what God does for your life. God bless you all. I hope that you all took something from this message. And let's walk in faith, not in fear.